0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Hi, my name is Roland Clark, and I'm here today on the New Books Network talking to Ramona Dima about her new book, Queer Culture in Romania, 1920-2018. to Ramona is an Associate Professor in Gender Studies at the University of Sangvana, and her research focuses on queer literature, sexuality and migration, LGBTQ plus activism, and anti-gender politics in Europe. Welcome to the program, Ramona.
2: Thank you very much for inviting me.
1: Uh, Ramona, to help us understand why this is such an important book, I was wondering if to start with you could tell us a bit about what life is like for LGBTQ plus individuals in Romania today, in terms of their legal rights and social acceptance. Is it a particularly embracing place to live?
2: Well, a short answer would be not really, no. But let's split it into the two dimensions you mentioned. So we have legal right dimension and then social acceptance. So I would start with by saying that in terms of legal rights, and there's a bit of history here, uh, it was only in 2001 that homosexuality was decriminalized in Romania. So we have a, quite a long history comparing to like, uh, other spaces, other countries around in Southeastern Europe when it comes to decriminalizing homosexuality. And then since then we had quite a lot of uh, legislative trials, the latest one being this Coalition for Family, uh, which is basically foreign was formed by a lot, you know, maybe 80 or something organizations, uh, mostly right-wing and conservative organizations on very many different levels from student organizations to, of course, Church organization and so on, and they wanted to change the criminal code to include this in specifically state that family should only uh, and the marriage should only be between a man and a woman. And then, of course, you have the legal cases. That's the, uh, um, during the last.
1: What year. Yeah. what year was this referendum?
2: Oh, they they had like uh, I think it was four years ago already. I I'm not
1: very sure. So it's so just I can yeah. Very recent.
2: Quite recent, yes. Uh, and then everything is secured, Uh, so you can't really find so many information on the web pages they built up because the referendum failed, uh, it was lack of forum. Okay. And then you have this other dimension of, uh, couples, queer couples in Romania who actually sued the state and you have this recent case of Buhu-Chanu and others versus the state and they just recently got this decision from the European Court of Human Rights which decided that Romania should implement the legal framework for civil partnerships which would also of course include same-sex partnerships. So this is there's is a lot of uh things going on on the legal level and if you think of the social level, social acceptance as you call it and when it's also mixed i would say it's also quite mixed so you have surveys on the one hand let's say there's this survey made recently made by uh, accept which is this large uh lgbt ngo in romania and according to their survey 68 percent of participants would be in favor of uh, all the families to have this uh, legal framework so including queer uh, couples and then you have other surveys, very recent surveys as well, made by other companies, which say 69% would vote to have the uh, Constitution changed, as the Coalition for Family wanted to, to restrict marriage before a man and a woman. Just so it's very interesting. Uh, if, you, if you try to find out stuff from surveys, it really depends which ones do you pick, and stuff like that, I would say. And then, of course, the Romanian media uh, the quite a lot, I would say, the, the social acceptance level, and I've seen during the recent years slight change in this course, so it's less priority yeah, usually, and they, they start speaking a bit more about queer or LGBT whites, which was quite unusual, I would say, maybe 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. so that's that's a plus. Of course, you'd still have conservative and right wing media trying to counter this tendency in the in the Romanian um, media sphere. But that's that's all right. And then again, of course, you still have a lot of pretty mm-hmm. like attacks of trans women mm-hmm. uh, who are beaten and who are abused, and that's still going on. Uh, you have, for example, recently the prime minister. Uh, came out to say that Romania is not ready for civil partnership, of course, as a response to this uh, European Court of Justice uh, decision. And then, you, of course, you have very many little, uh, large layers of stuff. So I, it's not an easy answer. Of course, compared to 20 years ago, I guess people are talking way more about these issues
1: than, no. yeah. So things are changing, but
2: Kind of, yes. I mean, there's, there's still
1: a lot of hostility. Yes. A lot.
2: Yeah, I would
1: uh, say a lot. <laughs> you you describe this book as an archive of queer cultural products in Romania. Uh, why do you see it as an archive, despite all of the detailed analysis that is in the book of literature, film and art?
2: Yeah, that's... Uh... It's actually very connected of how this book started. So it started with me trying and uh, actually uh, managing to get into a PhD program at the University of Bucharest. And I actually had no really so much knowledge about so many cultural products when I started. I knew some of them or I knew of some of them. And then I started to dig in a bit closer to, I started to actually build a library uh, of books made by Romanian authors, mostly, and where I could find something queer, anything queer. So I, I started to build up this. I have like 400 plus titles right now, uh, translation of course, as well, but mainly queer authors. So I was just very interested to find out more and more literature, more and more movies and at that time uh cultural scenery in Romania was just beginning to approach this theme of LGBTs and sexualities. So it was not so much material to start with. So this in this in this sense I would say it's an archive because it started with the idea of let's let's find everything we can you know, uh performance art, contemporary art anything. Let's fight them. Let's at least mention them, if not going deep. As you right, I you 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 saw that I'm I chose just some products to get a bit deeper into, because I couldn't actually analyze the whole uh, <laughs> thing in the end. But at least it was very important for me to mention. I mean, the reason why is that this book was also published in Romanian previously, so previous uh, last year, so a year before this English edition, and I really wanted to publish it in Romanian for the audience there or for many, for queer persons who might want to, you know, find out more, read more (laughs) uh, about this. And maybe they don't know where to where to start, or, or maybe they haven't heard of all this, you know, literature or movies and stuff. So in this sense, I, I I find it. And it's also the first of oh, its kind in Romania. So I felt the need uh, to actually build it around this idea of an archive first, before I dwelt into the into the amnesis.
1: Brilliant. Yeah, I, I think it's really important because so much of this stuff goes under the radar or becomes invisible very quickly. Um, you start by talking about six novels and memoirs from the 1930s that include characters in same-sex relationships. Um, I'd like to to stop briefly on Jonel um, Teodorano's 1931 novel, Zlatovs Zlatost, if that's OK. Um, you point out that Teodorai- Teodoriano is very nuanced in his presentation of gender and sexuality um, In the 1930s and he's able to show how fluid masculinity and femininity was in the period how does he do that
2: well he does that uh i wouldn't say subtly but okay so he does it in different moments of the book so i had to reread it prior to this so that thank you very much it's one of my favorite examples actually this book uh, he, he he just sometimes he just refers to you know let's say Dorian Gray or other, uh, kind of, epitomes of queerness in uh, world literature. Sometimes he he just um, drops the lines like, and this is a quote: Jesus, Jesus' charm was feminine. Uh, so he plays a bit with this. Well, of course, other in other parts, he has more uh, straightforward depictions. Um, For example, the, this is another quote. He says, uh, the boy girls know how to drive, how to fly a plane. Why wouldn't they make their debut in the sport of kidnapping, which until yesterday was only reserved to men? So he mm-hmm. has all this a uh, little tiny bit spread across the whole novel and and at the same time you have the two characters the two uh women right uh school uh mates at uh yeah at the women only school uh, and then you have this uh, character who writes these letters to this other person um and you only find out in the end that all these passionate letters, love letters, uh, were actually wrote by another girl to this, uh, girl. So that, that's quite, quite, quite smart. And it's also the language of it all, because Romania is very gendered language. So you have, uh, gender everywhere in the sense it's either like masculine, neutral, feminine, so you, you, you even in the formulations of the letters, you find, um, for example, this um person, this uh, Ralu. Uh, she's she's writing to Delia, and Ralu says, "I'll be your ghost," which is feminine in romania and I'll be your undead, uh, which is masculine in Romanian. And it's it's all this, and uh, it's 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 very interesting, and uh, in how the language is used, and of course the whole story then unravels and everybody finds out that it was this girl writing for this other girl, and that's a very tragic end, but uh, if for Romanian speakers, it's, a, it's actually quite nice to discover the book by themselves. But yeah, mm-hmm. I would say it's, it's
1: you know, Um, And because it's a gendered language, it's very impressive the author's able to hide that until the end.
2: I mean, it's gendered in a way that you guys say... Uh, person and then which is feminine and then you just continue with feminine because you just send the word person right mm. or you can say i'm the one who and then it's it's still unclear if it's you know uh i mean it's not that it can be neutral as well so uh, of course at any point in these letters you, you you don't really find masculine words that much but you'll find a lot of neutrals or you know mm. that. Yeah. So yeah, it it but it's it's also not really surprising that this happened. It was still during 1930s where literature was a bit more lax with uh, discussing sexuality in a way. So yeah, it might seem puzzling for 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 people, but it was a bit way worse during communism. So
1: yeah, mm, that's interesting because you've got all this material from the 1930s, mm-hmm. and then hardly anything during state socialism. Yeah. Uh, why is that?
2: Well, first of all, I would say we can go back to the legal argument. Uh, homosexuality was not criminalized in the Romanian territories until 1913, 1937. Um, and then during communist regime, um, the article incriminating, or the articles actually incriminating homosexuality were uh, adjusted and the the punishments became more and more severe uh, i would say then again on the other hand you have uh, censorship that was pretty much common in the during communism times uh, of course uh, and also in you uh, know romania it was all about not avoiding to address issues that might come as bourgeois or coming from the West. And we all knew, of course, that the West is rotten. Uh, West was mainly mainly, uh, the US, but then again, also Western Europe. Uh, And yet very interesting for me was to find out. um, So I I accessed uh, and I built this archive of scanned newspapers uh from the early 1900s until present and some it was very hard to find references to homosexuality and it was harder to find references on homosexuality and lesbianism because i was searching with these skaters during communism it was more common before communism and then but then again there were some at least 40, 50 articles mentioning this these terms uh that were produced during communism and they all referred to either a movie who uh, which re- depicted a lesbian relationship for example and that was of course frame as you know this Western culture and well, look what's happening in this uh, depraved uh, you know West or uh, or things as such so it was a paradox there it we had, like, uh, homosexuality being a taboo, uh, but at the same time, you would have, of course, sometimes newspapers steering towards this direction I just mentioned, or you'd just hear usual conversations between people that were jokes or stuff, Then this is what I found out from my interviews with queer people who lived, and queer women who lived during communism. So it... Yeah, in a way, I think it was mostly because of censorship and the uh, legal frame. And of course, there were a lot of censors who would look through everything that was supposed to be published and they would take out not only references to sexuality, of course, but for <laughs> references to many other things mm-hmm. that were not really desire to in So yeah, I would say this is horrible. Oh, well,
1: yeah. yeah, anything interesting or fun? Um, gets censored <laughs> out quite quickly yeah. one of the texts you do talk about um, from the communist period is Nikolai Balot's diary um, and you point out it's actually quite problematic as a source if you want to find out about queer culture in 1950s Romania what's problematic about it?
2: Well I uh, I would say that the language was of course not the best the language where uh, when Balot uh, uh, refers to this kind of topic but then again i uh, actually thinking back i i am just i would say he just uses the language of the time in a way and in a way it's actually interesting yes it it is problematic if you look at it like now Uh, but if you go a bit deeper and you find out that he was actually friends with this people he mentions, Negates, for example. He was quite known as a homosexual at that time, and he was a member of this intellectual uh, circles, and uh, uh, he was actually there for what? kind of was an external observer. So this
1: is a straight man writing yes. about his gay friends in his diary?
2: Yes, sporadically. So, he has a very long diary and sporadically there are episodes where he uh, recollects when he went to this, you know, a party with all these other people who thought he's the same as him or stuff like that. And then, yeah, of course, uh, they were a bit reluctant, of course, to to be around the person who's not queer and things like that, but in the end, I guess it's uh, it's still a valuable source to have because there's so little, as we, we just mentioned, there's so little information about those times, that during communist times. I think it's an interesting uh, interesting piece in a way, but you still have to fish for these episodes in the whole in the whole journal. It's quite it's quite large, but it's it, it of course it, it also mentions a lot of um, it's only male. Intellectuals, just just to be clear, it, it just mentions a lot of names that we, we or the Romanian culture, queer culture now tries to you know re rediscover and mention as four fathers or something of uh, of gay intellectualism, I might say. So it's an interesting material in the end.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um...
2: Yeah, it was just the language in some ways that was a bit problematic, but if you just filter it for the discourse we're used to now, especially the West, so yeah.
1: Yeah, no, no sources, every source is valuable. The question is how you read them. Yeah. Um, and and that doesn't just apply to historical sources. It's also much more recent stuff, like, um, can you tell me how people responded to Adrian's Kiops? 2013 novel Sodati, um, and the film that was made about that.
2: Yeah, I think overall, uh, both the book, especially the book and the movie, uh, they were success. I mean, the book uh, was in top five most uh, sold books at this uh, Gaudemos Book Fest in 2013, and Gaudemos Book Fest is uh, the largest book fair we had in uh, Bucharest. Um, the novel also got some prizes, so it got critical recognition. Um, also, the movie was also selected for some European and uh, yeah, of course, other festivals outside Europe. And I think it it was overall the reactions were quite positive because I guess. Uh, of the topic, and because of the novelty of the subject, it was quite kind of the f- first novel Iranian literature tackling both racism and queerness and using, <laughs> in a way, uh, Roma community uh, in this new setup.
1: <laughs> with how, how does the novel talk about queer characters?
2: Oh, it's it's very easy. It's just uh, the author of the novel, who is also of course the the main character. Uh, he just uh, has this relationship with this other uh, Roma person in uh, in this uh, in this character, and this is actually the whole novel is about their relationship and their relationship with the persons around them and with all this back and forth of, uh, being out or not for the, um, yeah, for the author's, uh, partner. And what's even more interesting is that in the movie, the author of the novel himself plays his role. And then they found another person to, to play the other, his partner's role, a Roma person. So I guess that's, that was also quite the, uh. Special or unseen in the in this Romanian landscape, I would say. Now, well, of course, the reaction varied, and of course, you would have a racist, uh, you know, reactions um, and homophobic reactions as well. But overall, I would say that was quite a success. So of course, it's very interesting to to go deeper and I do this in my in my book to to actually discuss what it means to uh instrumentalize Roma experiences to just instrumentalize uh whereas to to you know how this two interwine in this particular case. But again, it was quite the first for the Romanian institution. So I I imagine that this is why it it was kind of right rightly appreciated in the end.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um- Probably the most well-known of the films that you talk about is Christian Mongeau's, um movie from 2012 about the murder of Irina Kornich at um, Takano Monastery in 2005. There's a lot of entangled things in this film, but can you tell us a bit how the film presents lesbian relationships? Yes,
2: that's, uh, that's another one of my favourite movies, I might say. I know it's long, but it's... Yeah, I... I it's it's so tense and heavy so i guess the the the, the question uh, the answer would be it is tense <laughs> this relationship is quite tense um you have again language comes again you have language there uh you have direct references to lesbianism and to homosexuality you have the two main characters so one of them, Malina, she's coming back from Germany to um, to visit and to convince Wakita, her childhood friends, to come with her back to Germany and to leave the monastery where she was uh, currently residing in. Um, and there, there are a lot of moments of closeness between the two characters. Um, there are a lot of uh, long looks between them. So it's like the whole movie was framed to actually excavate the relationship between the two. Of course, we don't really know, it, being based on a real story of uh, this person, Alina, who actually was murdered by the nuns during exorcism in Romania. Uh, it was. Of course, it's it's just the way the director chooses to to highlight this maybe imagined, maybe not relationship, but then again, you have also the the books on which the movie is based. And in the books, uh, you also have some hints about the relationship, but then the movie takes it a bit further with all this scenery and all this Moments and it's also very connected to sin, uh, which is quite a very Romanian orthodox or very orthodox uh, topic, right? The sin and the sin, and it's also you would have, uh, they also mention specifically mentioned that there is a sin for two women to sleep with each other, things as such. So it's a lot it's it's also straightforward declarations of four questions between the two characters one of them asks like uh, it's alina asks, if would do you love me and then joanna wire price yes but uh you know not like god uh, not like i love god and things as such so it's it's very very quite straightforward relationship lesbian relationship they don't kiss you don't see them kissing or anything like in usual uh, movies but then again it's very very tense and very very nicely constructed i might say and mm. very very sad especially that it's <laughs> quite envy based and it's based unfortunately on real facts and yet at least the death is uh real there
1: And what's beautiful about both of these books and movies is the way that they explore intersectionality. Um, So, Soldatsi, it's let's talk about Roma and race and class together with queerness and um, this one, religion and violence and all these other topics as well, um, women's rights. Um, You also talk a lot about um, art exhibitions, including one that I found really interesting called Desire is War. Uh, which was at the Brookenthal Museum in Sibiu in 2011. Um, what did the artists mean when they said desire is war in contemporary Romania?
2: Um, so that exhibition introduced a more international approach in the early days of queer art and activism in Romania. And I guess they literally meant that queer desire was or could be seen as a declaration of war by conservative forces. And so I spoke a bit earlier about this coalition for family, but it was not there yet, but still there were attempts, even those years. So all it was also a declaration of war because queer people felt constantly attacked and they felt under assault, and which they were actually. So this was, I guess, reflected in the design of the exhibition. And the setup was similar to that of a bunker in which someone had put a glitter war. So the Mm -hmm. windows of the exhibition space were walled with wooden planks, for instance. Uh, Different artworks were exhibited in a sea of exploded confetti and glitter. Uh, But it's also interesting to, to mention that the same year, so 2011, Um, There was another relevant group exhibition uh, taking place in Bucharest, uh, which is called Silent Skills, Discrimination Files. Uh, And I do not do a comparison of these two exhibitions in the book, per se, but that would be interesting to do, uh, because Desire is War makes more radical statements with works by local and international queer authors, And these were quite abstract. While Silas Hills aims to put together different forms of discrimination, like they they try to kind of build up on this intersectionality idea. So they put together homophobia, they put together racism against Roma persons. And it was quite a relevant approach, especially for uh, 2011 or the years 2000. And, uh, the artist selection still, um uh, ranged from very relevant artists, uh, to also instrumentalizing these kind of topics. So it's quite interesting to see how these were built and how mm. the discourse has changed over time with instrumentalization and everything.
1: And it shows how there's not just one way to talk about Queenness in Romania.
2: That's, of course, it's uh, quite, yeah, <laughs> true.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, there's this old joke that all Romanians are gay because Romanians don't come from Adam and Eve, they come from Trajan and Decebal. Um, in this play, Mihaela um, Mikhailov and Paula Dunker, um, they took this idea to its logical conclusion in, in the place called After Trajan and Decebal, uh, or drafted Trajan and Dechabalus fragments of gay history in Romania, and they reinterpret Romanian history by telling the audience about same-sex relationships had by medieval Romanian rulers, like Rado Ramos and Petro Cercel, and then they juxtapose that with these accounts of stories by queer individuals in contemporary Romania. Um, how do people respond to this play?
2: Yeah, uh, so I guess this... Before I uh, respond punctually to your question, I would say a bit more about the context of this play, because it's quite important to, to set it up in a, in a context. So it was made by Mihaela Miakhilov and Paola Dunca Dunke in the summer of 2012. And they, what they did was first make some uh, rounds during some months of interviews. With different persons from the LGBT community and these persons uh, would have had some experiences during communism so then uh, they based their characters on this person's experiences it was quite a practice in, in the Romanian performance in that time I think yeah. it still is to, to of course make interview-based plays uh, if you know what I mean so they did that with, uh, with this subject and then they framed the whole uh the whole play is a history lesson so then in this history lesson of course you would find the information about Radu cel uh, Petru and Arthur famous another uh rulers uh in uh, which we learn of uh, during our history lessons in the school uh and then they just took those information and it's again we're going back to the way how queer culture produces in you know, Romania tried to reference um, back to history and to reclaim different characters from you know, Romanian history, to reshape them and to say, hey, these people were queer, they existed there and there and there, blah, blah. Uh, but then again, uh, they also mixed it with more recent accounts from communism. So what they did was they had this setting uh, of an actual classroom and the audience was seated in actual school benches so the public was never large it was maybe around 40 people per performance uh, and uh, they had a few performances uh, in a, an art gallery in central bucharest it was called salon of the practice and once at Senesepea, which is the romanian school for political sciences and actually after the performance uh there it's an Senesipa, several people from the audience who were just exiting from the play, they were attacked in the streets by uh, some uh, homophobes. And this was happening, right, 2000, in 2011, 2012. And it's, it's it became quite famous uh, that these people were attacked during those times, and they were specifically attacked by groups of religious right in the end. And then they continued to update the play and they uh, continued to perform for several years after in different other contexts. So they were invited to do it. I guess it was quite a large need for this play to be played. So I guess in a way it was a success as well. And I think it was extremely well received by its audience uh, because it was indeed quite kind of the first. Play about in the Romanian queer culture and history, but of course, it quite it remains quite a niche, uh, as many other queer cultural products.
1: Mm, which is why an archive like this is so important. Um, when you talk about these cultural texts, you you're basing it on a lot of interviews you've done with the writers and directors and artists that you're talking about. When you talk to them. Did they think that Romania has a queer culture in the 21st century? Or is queer culture something that they would like to see appear in Romania in the following decades?
2: Well, that's... Um, so most of the people I spoke back then, So this was 2017, right? Five years ago when I was conducting the interviews. It's very nice to maybe redo some of them and to see how things changed now in some people's opinions. But back then, most of them, uh, when I was speaking about queer culture, most of them uh, considered that late 2000s were quite the years for laying the foundations of such a queer culture in Romania, and they considered it was still in its early stages. So they they saw, of course, the need to do these historical recoveries, uh, to reinterpret different important moments, historical moments in Romania's queer people's lives. Um, Some of the people did not think of these materials as constituting a queer culture yet. Uh, But then again, these interviews were five years ago. Since then a lot more uh, literature appeared. There are more performances right now. There is a, and actually a new Roma com- uh, Roma theatre company which tackles issues of queerness and uh, racism at the same time. So then A lot of things changed since then. Uh, of course, some of the people I interviewed five years ago were mentioning that there was this other scene created around these queer plus, well, which have contributed to this construction of a queer social scene. Uh, of course, they are not defining all the queer people, but then again, they were kind of pinpointed, essential gathering places. And they were, of course, uh, mainly, could uh, be found mainly in like big cities like Bucharest or Kusinapoka or Timișoara. And of course, there are queer cultural producers who migrate or migrated in the recent years, uh, and they started to produce more queer art in different, you know, setups uh, in Europe and beyond. Um, so yeah, I guess it's uh, you yeah. uh, know.
1: Yeah, this is one of the frustrating things about how long it takes to get a book published, is that <laughs> by the time it comes out, you've got to write a whole new book. Yeah. Um, what what did the people you talked to think about think was unique about producing queer culture in Eastern Europe as opposed to in the West?
2: Well, first of all, it was the historical context, uh, which of course had to do a lot with uh, common what was common in different countries in the Eastern Bloc um, and all the countries in the former Eastern Bloc had some degrees of Soviet influence and um, they had the, some sort of legislation prohibiting, you know, or publishing, uh, punishing same-sex relationships or activism. And I guess Romania was probably the strictest in a way. So as I mentioned, it took quite a long time until 2001, until homosexuality was actually decriminalized. So I guess it was also a matter of um, we, and most of the eastern part of Europe did not have a HIV fight, you know, in the 80s. And we did not really have demonstration for human rights in the 60s. And it's all these stages of uh, LGBT activism, which went uh, through in the West. Uh, we didn't really have them. So I guess this is one of the most important differences in a way. And this, of course, reflects a lot in the cultural production and in the themes and in, in the way culture is done in this particular area and with this particular topic. It was also, of course, this makes it as a unique context for producing periculture and uh, I, many persons that I talked to also felt that the Orthodox then an Australist that was here in Romania. Uh, which is similar to, let's say, the one in the Republic of Moldova or in Bulgaria, uh, wow. played quite an important role. And another uh, dimension that they uh, they talk about in the interviews was the lack of uh, financing in general for contemporary culture. So, that's a lot, it's, it's a topic in itself, uh, because of course, you can't really Produce that much when you don't really have the means mm. in order to produce it. Uh, so of course, a lot of these uh, cultural projects, many of them, at least in the beginning, uh, the, the the early stages, were smaller projects, were more precarious, but also they were very much mm, very engaged and very critical. Towards racism, towards homophobia, and nationalism, and of course, speaking of funding, uh, it also it, it's not it's of course it's not just Eastern European uh, culture which is not really funded. Of course, you would find uh, artists in precarious conditions uh, elsewhere, and even if you look in the Nordic space, uh, as I'm living now here you'd still find some artists which consider themselves and are actually in precarious positions and you'd still have uh, a kind of a reduction in funding for culture as it happens now in Sweden, for example, uh, overall. So it's it's very interesting also uh, to, to think about whose funding and why funding will solve. Of course, there's uh, this... Uh, um idea of capitalizing on this image of diversity. For example, a recent example, let's say, from from Romania. Uh, So this year, Timișara, which is this Western city in the western part of uh, Romania, uh, got the title of uh, European Capital of Culture. So they actually had to, you know, uh, had received funding to, to make a queer exhibition, to make some queer events. And this was, uh, yeah, of course, back from the municipality, because <laughs> it's, it's in a way, you know, very interesting when, when we're, oh, as far as funding goes. That, That's almost uh,
1: unprecedented.
2: Yeah. I mean, it is quite, yeah. I mean, of course, you still have national funding and people apply with queer projects to Romanian national funding and sometimes they do get it, actually. So that was, uh, uh, that's not really unprecedented, but the, like in this kind of way, it's very easy to see where the politics and the, where the directions it takes you with, with this funding. Sometimes it just happens that, yeah, well, we uh, have this uh, thing. We have to seem diverse enough. So let's include this because, you know, we have a lot of funds for this. So it looks good. Fine, but maybe it's uh, just me and I mean, but. I guess it's a good example.
1: And we're European now, and this is what Europeans do.
2: (laughs) And all the other persons.
1: (laughs) Um, Thinking about the process of doing all this research and um, looking at the cultural products you talked about in this book and the challenges and limitations that the authors and artists faced, did it leave you feeling optimistic about um, where the future is going?
2: Well, I mean, that's very... Right now, I would say, okay, so in terms of how things progress in terms of culture, queer culture, when I would say I'm more and more optimistic. Uh, it's also on academic level. I'm seeing, starting to finally see a bit more engagement from the Romanian part in in this academic realm of LGBT studies, queer studies, uh, I'm seeing more and more, as I said, men- mentioned a couple of times that I'm seeing more and more uh things produced by queer authors and that's that's quite joyful for me and quite quite nice to see uh but then again i i don't really know how to answer this because it's it's also quite politically tight of course and uh if you get the right wing or conservative government uh, i guess it's a bit <laughs> uh, difficult to be optimist again optimistic again so it's 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 very it's it's a very hard question to answer right now we see i would say yes i'm feeling optimistic but then again we'll see how uh, political turns politics just are, you know yeah. in romania and elsewhere in the coming years and already you have Attacks on this even in the Nordic countries, even in Norway even in Sweden. right? for example, here in Sweden you would have uh, the right wing uh, party, which is quite uh, all getting powerful now, and it's actually uh, uh, collaborating with the ruling uh, coalition, and they actually have a say in different uh, regards, migration issues, uh, you know, cultural issues, and so on. And they, they just, you know, they have flyers, for example, they had this flyer for uh, Malmo Pride uh, last year, where they said, oh, this thing costs so much money and we are opposing this. To have a pride here in Sweden in Sydney because it costs so much money. And this is why mm. so it, it's very it's very interesting. In this world, if I think of this kind of examples I'm not really optimistic <laughs> at all. But we'll see what happens. So it's uh
1: yeah. It's, it's very... hard to be optimistic about the future in twenty twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um <laughs> that's all about all we have time for today, but thank you so much for sharing um all this story and um, and I really encourage people to pick up the book because there's so much in it, um, and some really interesting stuff that even if you think you know about this scene, you'll find new new material.
2: And thank you so much again for your invitation. And I really hope to yeah, for people to to pick up the book, as you said, or just contact me if they need help with anything. Yeah. <laughs>